Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 214, entitled C is for Caching. It was published on Thursday the 28th of January 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and a couple of things before we begin. If you like listening to podcasts and if you like listening to WP Builds in particular, then go to your favourite podcast player and search for WP Builds and hopefully you'll be able to subscribe. If that fails, you could go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and over there there are some buttons and links which you can use in your favourite podcast player. They're also underneath each episode on the wpbuilds.com website underneath the player itself. On that same subscribe page, you can join our Facebook group and follow our YouTube channel, Twitter account, and so on. So one final time, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. If you are in the market this week for a WordPress deal, perhaps you could make use of our deals page. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a searchable, filterable list of absolutely loads of WordPress products, and you can get a significant amount off. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And lastly, if you would like to have your product or service put in front of a WordPress-specific audience, perhaps go to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise and we'll be able to get you on the podcast player. A little bit like A-B split tested. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okie dokie, what are we on about today? Well, Episode 214 is C for caching. We've got this A to Z series taking up 26 episodes. And each week we're going to go to the next letter of the alphabet. We've already done A and B. And now we're on C and we decided C is for caching. Now, this is an area where I think a lot of us might get unstuck. It's very complicated. I don't confess to know a lot. David's a little bit more knowledgeable. And so we chat through the different options. What is caching? How does it work? What are the different options in the WordPress space in terms of perhaps plugins or perhaps different hosting options, all to do with caching this week. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, it's the third in our series of chats called the A to Z of WordPress, where we attempt to cover all the major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. And today, the letter is C for caching. Oh, this is going to be a tough one for me. I, I'm going to, I really am going to play the ignorant person in this one because I, I'm so green when it comes to this stuff. I genuinely am. It's one of those subjects that I've just got very little interest in. You know, I don't go out and try to figure out the latest thing. And I know a lot of people do, whereas you over the years have experimented with all sorts of different solutions. So forgive my ignorance, everybody. And also <laughs> allow me to play the, the dumb person asking the unintelligent questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe you're overthinking it because, I mean, I've tried a lot of the plugins for sure, but, um, you know, my understanding is very basic, which we should just say what we're not covering in this one because kind of caching goes with trying to get better performance out of your website. That's true. But we're going to stick with just kind of server caching front end, caching plugins and CDNs, but we're going to avoid getting deeply into page load times and other things because we'll try and cover that in another subject yeah so it's a so, fairly fairly slimmed down addressing of the caching subject but nice to do nevertheless so we well maybe we should start with what caching is because yeah. we could well wikipedia tells us in computing a cache is a hardware or software component that stores data so that future requests for that data can be served faster I don't know if that really explains it any better. I was going to say that but that's it, that's all I need to know. Fine. This is over. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, I mean, mostly, I mean, the, you know, what it's doing and how I understand it best is that it's turning our WordPress sites into uh, uh, copies of HTML. Sorry. It's turning the WordPress site 
into HTML so it can be served up quicker while WordPress is doing all of the things that it needs to do because it needs to go off, doesn't it, and and do all the PHP processing. It needs to query the database and all of that time takes, you know, delays the serving up of the first byte. So we have that uh, time to first byte issue because if we've got lots of plugins running or really a higher level above that is really what Google refers to or measures, I think, which is the first contentful paint, which is the first time somebody sees something that is proper content on their page. So it's helping with that, isn't it? It's helping with the delays that come with WordPress, but I don't think WordPress itself out of the box is pretty light, isn't it? Yeah, th this really takes me back to the good old days when I started building websites. Basically, I was building websites in the manner that the cache is serving up. Literally, you were typing in the HTML and putting images into folders and then remembering the <laughs> names of them and then typing them in as as image tags and so on. Did you, did you Were you involved in website building when you were literally creating HTML files, flat HTML files yeah. with no PHP at all? Yeah, that's how I started. Yeah. And, and, and probably about the same time, the time when, well, even I think the first site I did was done in tables before really yes. CSS has yes. taken off. So, yes. Yeah. That's very true. I, <laughs> I built several t um, sites in tables and, and tried to push the boundaries and got really frustrated many times with just trying to get things to line up. If it was an image-based layout, you know, you were trying to, in one case, I tried to replicate what a, an actual table that, you know, a photograph of a table would look like. Um, and so there was a cop and there was a computer and there was a keyboard and all that kind of stuff. And just trying to get them to match up was just horrific. But um, anyway, that's that's a bit of an aside. But that's the point is trying to get something so that it's immediate, as, as immediate as possible. Those those two definitions that you just gave us, the time to first bite and the first contentful paint, are they yes. are they generally drastically different? Is there a is there a real difference going on there, or, or are we often sort of worrying about them unnecessarily? That's that's something that I never quite understood when people talk about them as if they're incredibly important. I never quite understood I, what the difference really was. Well, for me, I mean, when I got to understand, you know, I got caught in the trap, which I'm sure I see people doing now when it, when it comes to speed. You know, we talk about fast themes fast i mean it's really how much processing needs to be done and what mm. i'm when i really worked it out was you know when i understood this first concept and could measure it as time to first bite which you can with all of the tests and that is effectively the time that it's taking for your wordpress install with all its plugins and themes to process and you know do its queries to the database and it can be massive in I think if I'm running WooCommerce or, or any of kind of the bigger plugins, memberships or learning management systems and stuff like that, it's probably going to change the default WordPress. It, obviously, hosting comes into this, so it depends what power is available. But for me, on the servers I see, I see an increase of at least half a second through these bigger plugins going in. Um, and by killing that with caching, you know, I gained back that half a second, but it could be even more than that. Obviously, if you packed in a lot of plugins, yeah. page builders, of course, are another one that that add to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a significant amount of time, isn't it? If you can save half a second, everybody in the SEO game would tell you that half a second is the difference between being discovered and not being discovered. I mean, the, the yeah. utility of this is not in question, is it? There's no doubt that this stuff is necessary and it works. Um, certainly in WordPress, if you if you just have a vanilla install, then I agree, it's very fast. You know, in fact, yeah. occasionally it's quite nice just to put a, a default install of WordPress up with the default theme, and just browse around. You know, the the pages and the, the menus and the category archives and things, and and it is virtually instant. But the second that you start to add plugins in to do almost anything then you are decreasing the amount of, or rather increasing the yeah. amount of time it takes to, to serve up the first byte, which is negatively affecting your SEO. I would imagine in some cases, there, there must be use cases where people literally don't need to worry about this because the, the importance of the speed is is negligible. You know, I'm thinking of my, um, my father-in-law who kind of is involved with a local history site 
and yes. it's really not that important. The users are they already know what they're looking for. They know the URL. They they go there. They're happy to wait a couple of seconds. It's probably just not worth the, the hassle for him to install and maintain something like that. But uh, in no. most cases, if you're trying to be discovered through search, you need this. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if you can build all your sites now just using Gutenberg and stuff and you're not throwing in lots of heavy plugins, you haven't got a heavy security plugin and stuff like that, I mean, you can measure this stuff very easily using something like Query Monitor, a plugin, which will tell you while you're in the back end that will it will estimate how much is going to be your time to first buy, how much time is going in that processing. Mm. And um, there's an even easier one, Usage DD. And and they're really good to, to know when you're on the back end as you're adding in your plugins, you know, what you're going to need to compensate for. And maybe you don't need to, you know, if you've got a really simple site just running on WordPress with very lightweight plugins. Because, I, I mean, I said half a second. That's, that's me being, over these years, being very conscious about the plugins I pick and making sure that they're lightweight ones. I've certainly been to plenty of sites when they when I've got the caching off and checked them um, and you know it's well over a, a second that mm. has gone just on that processing time yeah, it, yeah it's definitely worth exploring all this sort of stuff so so how do they actually work then how do these caching plugins do their do their work what is it that they're creating what is it that they're up to and, and how do they do it <laughs> welcome to David's wonderful world yeah. of made up stuff yeah perfect this is <laughs> but, ideal <laughs> Uh, well, I think, you know, all I understand is that all of these kind of caching plugins do the same thing. They put some instructions in the HT access file. So when a visitor comes here, it tells them what to do. Now, a lot of those instructions are about, you know, holding browser caching and things like that. But I think within that, I think but someone might need to tell me otherwise. This is where it contains the instructions where to go and find um, the saved HTML files that your plugin has created for you, which is usually, I think with nearly all of them, is stored in your uploads folder in its own folder. So you could go into the uploads folder of your WordPress install, browse around, and presumably inside another folder suitably named after the caching plugin. You could locate the 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 flattened HTML files. They're all in there, ready to ready to be served up and Hopefully they're being yeah. expunged over a period of time so that there's not a you know a, a backlog going back four decades. Yeah, and, and you know I can't get so technical. I mean I think most of them will add um, gzipping if they can as well to mm. even condense those files even further mm. before they're served up. So, um, but yeah, I mean I don't think you know as far as I understand there's nothing complex about it. That's what it's doing, and uh, you know it's incredibly successful. It does take you know just that act of caching just removing that half a second or one second or whatever it is on your site makes a big difference. And for most of the plugins out there, WordPress is smart enough. So plugins, say uh, WooCommerce, it will be marked up in certain areas. So dynamic content within its system uh, has already got um, a no cache surrounded, some tagging around it. And as long as the plugin itself respects that, it keeps the dynamic stuff from being cached so it still works. So, you know, if you're placing something in your cart and you've got one of those little hard header um, carts that change and the numbers yep. change on there, it's going to update. So, you know, it works really well until it doesn't work, of course. <laughs> well, that, that was, the, that was the, the point at which I, the, well, I begin to struggle at this point when it stops working and the multitude of ways in which it can stop working and break things and just cause a frustrating amount of time trying to figure out what the problem is. So you you mentioned to me before we did this, before we started recording, that there were some plugins which are so simple in their approach that they don't even honor those those headers. They literally just flatten everything. And in many cases, if, you, if you've no need for a more complex solution, for example, a WooCommerce shopping cart or something like that, that might be suitable. Mm. Yeah, there's, I mean, of the list there, the one that I tried that is really basic, is simple cache. And it literally does that. If you've got a site which doesn't get updated, no one's going into the page builder and changing the content there, you can stick that on. And it just keeps serving up the cache that it's got in its upload folder. As far as I understand, there's no system in it. That means it expires those HTML pages after a certain point or refreshes them. It's as simple as you can get. And I think 
almost similar is another one called Cash Enabler, which just focuses on doing the caching. But it's again, I, I, it's been a long time since I tried it. But with that, I think it does have some automatic clearing system. So most this is where it starts to get more complex, isn't it? Because many of them will need to find a way of when, say, you publish your pages, your mm. new pages, that it clears the cache out and and then that the next visitor who comes then is the trigger to put another version of that in the uploads folder ready to serve the next time. And then there's going to be reasons, I believe, why I don't – I never understand this, to be honest. But if you look at the one of the longest standing WP Supercache, which is free on the repository and it's kind of considered as the original and it's – think it's owned by automatic um it it's got a big thing the hardest thing about that is understanding how to set when it will automatically clear up its cache when it will mm. refresh the pages mm. again the yeah. the plugins that you just mentioned that which were really simple i guess there is a real use case for that though isn't there you know i can i can think of a, quite a handful of sites that i have um client sites where literally there is no amendments to them at all ever mm. It's just there. It is. That's what it. Is. It might as well have been built in HTML. So that that is a perfectly serviceable solution, so long as you know that there is that caveat that it's not not checking to make sure that anything has been mm. changed or published. And and obviously that would be a significant drawback if your client were to need access and log in, and then they save things only to discover that well, it it, it says it's saved, but I can't see it on the website. What's going wrong? Um, but there's mm. a perfectly good use case for that. But yeah, so having the cache cleared and reinvented every so often is a good idea. I, pre I presume that they clean up after themselves, most of these plugins, or at least you would hope that they would stop mm. saving everything over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I mean, I did a, I did some content before about how I moved off WP Rocket, which is the first commercial uh, caching plugin that i know of and um and moved to breeze and now now i've gone back to it but i think my memory was that it it in the olden days wp rocket didn't do such a good job of clearing out those stuff recently yeah. i've tested it and it does a really good job and i think um yeah i think last time i looked at Supercache, it was leaving stuff in there but i mean you know it could be something to do with my install or stuff that's happening on my server so mm. you know mm. I, I can't be sure but, so mm. what you've you've got a whole list of different plugins on the show notes that we've created. Do you want to go through some of those, or is there things you wanted to say first? No, I think I tried to group these together into because it could be very confusing for somebody who's looking for a caching plugin because some of them are focusing literally on doing that, storing these HTML and serving it up, and having a system to clear it, make it very easy to preload those caches this is the thing about wp rocket is it does this very well you change something on your page it knows you've done something it goes and serves up a new one and sticks it in the folder for you that's what's nice about it so there's those ones then there's a couple which i guess are a little bit different in the fact that they're owned by hosting companies so there's breeze by cloudways and there's sg optimizer which is siteground's own caching plugin and they're pretty simple they're focused on caching and then we've got another, I think, another section, which is more about all-in-one optimization, which includes caching. So one of the oldest ones, again, that was kind of one of these big all-in-one jobs was WP Total Cache. Um, later was Swift. Um, and we've also got, but you don't hear so much about this one, um, Comet Cache as well, mm. which is another commercial one. So that's, that's the way I've tried to rationalize this. I'll put the I'll put all of those links in the show notes to anybody oh, that's great. listening and we'll put them into the three sections. So you've got basically out and out WordPress plugins. That's that's how they work. Um then you've got ones which are presumably um doing a similar job but they're owned by a hosting company and then finally you've got ones where they're trying to do more. It's not just uh, optimization with HTML files. They might be taking on additional jobs like I don't know, um, minifying JavaScript or yeah. um, taking images and squashing them and so on and so forth. So they're trying to do a more holistic job. Just very quickly, going back to the ones with the hosting. So you mentioned Breeze from Cloudways and SG Optimizer by SiteGround. Do you know, is there anything that's beneficial if you're using 
Cloudways or SiteGround, do they have some sort of integration with their actual physical hardware that makes those a better choice if you're using their platform? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, I'm not an expert on this one, but I, uh, you know, having used Breeze for quite some time, uh, I think, you know, and again, it gets into areas where I'm not I don't know enough of the technical side of it. They, they will say that some of these work better on certain types of servers over other ones, you know. Mm. So um, I think Breeze is one of those which will work better on now. I'm forgetting what the name of it is. So what's the front-loading server that you get that speeds things up? Nginx? Um, that's the one. That's mm. what I was looking for. Yeah. So, you know, I, I believe that Breeze is supposed to work better on that on tests. But I, I've never seen anything that really breaks down the technicalities of this. So, right. But they are at least simple cached plugins. And I did in the simple ones, I mentioned WP Rocket. But actually, you could argue it started with a simple basis of prioritizing what it thought was the key thing about speed, which was caching those pages. But over time, it's gradually added more of the things that you find as a total optimization so it's deferring javascript so it loads later if if it's you know if other plugins are loading them at the top of your site it will bundle those together it's doing that minifying so it's again it's hard to know where to place that it's just that its priority is on the simple caching mm. yeah uh, just the stuff that you've just talked about a few seconds ago is is the area where i fall down really is the the complexity that's added by many of these plugins and the, the the possibility to to be spending such a large amount of time configuring things for fractional gains and obviously i understand yeah, yeah. In, in many cases there may be a genuine economic imperative for this you know you really are by shaving yeah. off i don't know one tenth of a second you may very well be outstripping your competitor and you know you're vying for number one in google and that might be the difference but in my case, in most of the sites that I'm using, the, the competition is fairly modest, and that they, you know, it's just not worth the yeah. clients paying the time for me to explore all that stuff. And so I never really have. So I've never come up with like a standard operating procedure to 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 do caching with a particular plugin where I just know it inside and out. I'm more dabbling in different ones and hoping, in many cases, that the the default configuration is suitable. And I, you know, I've I've broken things and then just undone them and then never really gone back and tried to figure out how I've broken things. You know, so for example, some some of these plugins allow you to move defer the the loading of resources. You know, you can put it in the the yeah. footer instead of the header. And okay, that broke something. Why did it break it? Not really sure. I'll just put it back to where it was because I know it works over there. That's kind of where I'm at. Whereas I guess somebody who's an expert in this would be spending the time thinking, okay, why did that break? Can I fix that problem? Can I figure out a way to to put it in the correct place? And I just never really have. Yeah. And, you know, there's a thing, you know, with the things like WP Total Cache and Swift, obviously there's more stuff that can go wrong. And to do all of the various jobs that it needs to do, it uses up more resources in the back end too mm. to, to get the speed at the front end. And there's no doubt, you know, if you use something like that and you know how to set it up and configure it, that you are going to shave some milliseconds off. But my approach is similar to yours. It's, <laughs> I guess what I really try to do now, having spent a long time trying to optimize and, and having problems down the line or getting lost, is that I try to buy the software that is only all that it's only what I need. So it's as lightweight as it can be for the job that I'm using for, and mm. then just prioritize the simple caching and ignore all of the other optimizations. Because otherwise, if it's the other way around and you build your site, you're adding in plugin after plugin to achieve one little task that could be done with CSS. It's almost a little bit like having that skinny latte, isn't it? But can you add whipped cream on the top, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because over time, you flipped and flopped between a lot of these different uh, caching yeah. plugins, as we discussed before we hit record. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering what the kind of like the impact is on on the business side of things of that. You know, in other words, if you let's say that you drop WP Rocket and go to Breeze and then you drop Breeze and go to WP Rocket or whatever, whatever that is. Do you then yeah. find yourself going back through a bunch of websites consuming time um, in order to make them all the same? Or do you just leave the ones that you've already configured and just leave them as they are rather than? Getting, an, getting to be an expert in one way of doing it and then making every site the same? 
Yeah, pretty much. I, don't, I mean, my approach when I've had to move these out is to just get it to do its simple caching. And uh, you see, nearly even the ones that are focusing on caching still give you some option to minify CSS or HTML or something like that. And on the whole, if I've ever hit a problem with that, I, I generally once ever. I mean, I've done that with JavaScript minifying and found I had an issue on one theme with the mobile header. I wouldn't have known it until I went to a particular mobile phone and realized I had that. So I just decided that, the, the you know, I couldn't even measure it ever, the difference between having it on and off. So basically it stayed off. And then I just uploaded that across all of my sites with the same configuration. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's interesting. So even even though it was doing its work, the yeah. you, there was literally no way for you to measure the the benefit in that particular case. And I suppose that's the that is the problem, isn't it? Is that unless you can really see a gigantic difference, the yeah. the amount of time put in can be can be difficult to justify to yourself. You know, you might spend two or three hours trying to figure out something and really very small gain to be made. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we it's we are kind of fixing the problem after the event really mm. most of the time with, with these things, aren't we? I mean, if you, if you've made your site as light as possible, WordPress does a pretty good job. It's literally, what is it? It's less than a, a quarter of a second on most hosting and much less than that. If you've got really decent hosting mm. to serve up WordPress. So it's all the stuff we add to it. And sometimes you can't get around that. I mean, if you're using WooCommerce, that's tough you know it is resource heavy and you probably do need caching but yeah yeah my approach is always the the simplest well you know it's my model isn't it i don't charge a lot for our ongoing care so i can't possibly be fixing those things so i'd rather that the site was slower (laughs) in the beginning than have to keep fixing stuff because i've done so much clever optimization and that's just my business model and other people are obviously going to be different yeah i was just going to say this is a really solid you can see it for yourself the the benefit of having fewer plugins and and well-built plugins and themes and so on in that when you go into kind of these uh, caching solutions and you you look at all of the resources that are loaded and you're trying to figure out which bit of CSS you could move. And if you go into a site with dozens and dozens of plugins, well, there's suddenly a lot more work to be done because there's dozens of CSS files being dragged in all over the place and all sorts of JavaScript being dragged in all over the place. And, and it does make it obvious, boy, there's a, there is a lot going on here. Wouldn't it be good to combine a lot of this stuff? And I suppose in essence, the answer is, well, no, it'd be better if it wasn't there in the first place, if you could get away with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got the other issue, I think, because I'm managing the servers. So I, I buy one server and I can put so many sites on it. So even if I get the front end going really fast for the visitor, if that's at the expense of having to run uh, a, a really heavy all-in-one optimizer that needs to do a lot, then I've got less um, sites that I can put on my server, even though they might be running faster at the front end. So there's that. There's always these balances, isn't there, to make? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So there is actually a cost implication as well. Yeah, the amount of search yeah. sites that you can get on one server. Um, speaking of servers, you've got a section mm. here called server site, and this is where it gets messy, you say. What's this all about? <laughs> It gets messy because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Actually, I stole a bit of an article from Kinster, and it came up with the same kind of areas of server-site caching, except I didn't know the terminology of it. So they got bytecode caching is a type of uh, server-side um, caching, which is really it's a caching that is storing the compiled PHP code, so the next time someone goes to the site. So that's serving up only the dynamic content. So, of course, that kind of caching is not going to be relevant on a static site that's Mm. already serving up Mm. a HTML page. But, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you probably want when you're running the big, you know, dynamic plugins. It's also the kind of stuff that is literally beyond my pay grade, if you know what I mean. I I mean, I, I can understand the 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 consequences of it but i literally have no insight into how that stuff is happening and i would simply have to rely on the 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 honesty of the uh in this case you know if it's kinster for example that you're using or siteground or whatever it was you'd have to just trust that they'd done that stuff well and you know i don't even know how it's just voodoo to me that 
Yeah, exactly. But there are services out there, and one of them is called APC. And I, I really, yeah, again, it's beyond my pay grade as well. Alternative PHP cache, and it's something that should be turned off while you're developing. But once you've got your site on, you know, it's going to be running this. So it's just storing those kind of PHP commands that you know. So it's much quicker for mm. those dynamic stuff. So you can turn it on there and leave it to them. But there is that. And then there's the there's also object caching, which stores the results of database queries right. as well. Again, <laughs> it's something that um, you're not going to need. If you, you know, if you, I think it, you just don't need to turn this stuff on if you've got a static side and you're using a plugin which is serving up almost everybody at HTML page. So there's no yeah. benefit, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did, you know what, I mean, my experience really only of this stuff is the fact that going back to my SiteGround days, they were one of the few shared hosting solutions that on their pro version, they gave you Memcache, mm -hmm. which was doing some of this. And that's my only personal experience of having any of these kind of server-side um, uh, caching things going on. Yeah, they're, they're talked about a lot, um, and they're you know they're mentioned all over the place as an as a sort of ideal way of doing certain things. And I can absolutely understand that if you're putting together those websites where you need these database queries cached, that makes perfect sense. But again, in the in the world that I live in, this sort of stuff beyond my pay grade, nobody yeah. really particularly needs it. But you know, if you're working in a an enterprise website area if you're working for an agency which is delivering big sites to big customers this stuff i guess you've got to know but it's just not something that's crossed my 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 boundary but it's interesting you know object catching mm. just getting the database i wonder this is a slightly mm. i'm just being ridiculous here i wonder if at some point somebody will figure out a way to cache the cache and then somebody will figure out a way to cache the cache of the cache so eventually <laughs> Everything is cached by, you know, <laughs> by something else. Because it just strikes me that, you know, go back 20 years, everything was HTML. Then PHP came along and then suddenly PHP was brilliant. And then we figured out that, oh, actually, no, this is a bit slower because of all the things that we're doing now. Let's invent a caching technology to do this. And then somebody will probably figure out a quicker way to cache the cache. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, you helped me last night. Um there was a client of mine who said that their images weren't showing up and they said other people said the same. And mm. as far as I could see, it wasn't. And, you know, it's one of those things where the first thing I go, I go and clear the cache in my right. WP rocket. I go and clear the cache in, in my page builder. Um, yeah, anywhere where I've got a cache. So the more these caching things going on, the more when you've got a problem, you have to go around searching through numerous caches. So that's why I like to reduce them as much as possible. Well, it's, we it's, didn't even mention page well, builder caching. Well, that's another one. Yeah. I mean, just before we get to page builder caching, then the it is it, it's kind of like become a bit of a mantra, hasn't it? Is you know, if there's a problem on your website, have you cleared the caches? That's basically the first yeah. thing that comes out of your mouth, and it just demonstrates how widespread this is. But also, it's a bit of a reach, isn't it? You're just guessing that that might be the problem because it likely is. Whereas, you know, if, if there was no caching on there and there was a problem, you'd be thinking, oh, there is an actual problem, right? I need to explore it. Whereas the first thing is just clear the caches. It's probably that. And 99% of the time, I suspect it is. And something just went a bit, a bit wrong and cache needed to be rebuilt. Yeah. Do you know, there's one other thing we should cover on the server side of things, and it is available to me, and I turn this off all the time, which is Varnish, which mm -hmm. is a HTTP accelerator. Did I, did I throw in too many Ts there? Uh, no, you got it right, I think. No. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, which stores, and I'm really, this is, it just blows my mind, this stuff. So Varnish stores data in visual memory. Virtual. And leaves the... Virtual side, gosh, yep. I can't read. Um, <laughs> leaves the task of deciding what is stored in memory and what gets paged out to disk to the operating system. That's yep. the technical explanation of that. But do you understand it? Not, not really. I mean, on a, on a literally an anecdotal level, I get it. I haven't the faintest idea how it might operate. I think you know, I'm imagining that there are people listening to this who are going, oh, it's blatantly obvious. Come on. It's obvious. But no, I, I don't really get it. And I've never really encountered it or used it. But again, there'll be people shouting, really, this is important. You need to know. Well, you know, I, I don't. 
They'll probably be shouting at me saying this isn't cashing at all. So what you're talking about? Yes. Because um, yeah. I think that's probably true with it. But it, again, it's another one of those options, isn't it? And it's another one of those things where it can cause you problems when you're working on a site. It's you know ideal that you only turn this on when you think you've got your site as you want it. Right. So, right. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've all played with it. We've all had a fiddle and we've all noticed that it <laughs> does probably something. But whether or not there's many people listening to this podcast who genuinely deeply understand how it works and how it's building things and deploying things is is something only the comments will tell us. Yeah. Um, CDN caching. Oh, God. there's even more. It's a remarkable. I thought, you know, you think you've, you think you've covered everything and then along comes CDN caching. What's this about? <laughs> So content delivery network caching, so you can store your assets uh, on the cloud and services will serve those assets to from the server nearest to the visitor for speed. And I guess the best known ones out there are probably Jetpack, of course, because we're talking about WordPress. Um, so, and you get that for free, don't you? It will store your mm. images. If you install Jetpack, yeah, it will serve up that um and we've got cloudflare as well is popular because that's also free but um do you have you used these yeah i'm not jetpack but i've used used cloudflare and i'm uh, again it, it is a bit of a reach in that most of the sites that i'm using uh, sorry are building really they just they're in the uk that every single person yeah. that's looking at them is in the uk so whilst it's highly desirable the, the the fact is that most client sites just simply it's a it's a bit too much but you know this is a free thing cloudflare will do mm. this stuff for free you just have to kind of point the dns at it so i make use of it why not but i, I think probably there's there's not a great deal of benefit in the case that i'm talking about but um you know if you've got a site where there's international visitors well it's a no-brainer remarkable really that they do this stuff for free and yeah. offer it for free i know that there's there's clearly a, a paid tier to Cloudflare and many people are doing yeah. it. But services like Cloudflare, the free offering is is utterly amazing. You know, the the, the yeah. DNS and the sort of the, the protection that they offer in the hopes that you'll boost up to the paid offerings is really, really quite clever. Yeah, absolutely. And um, my experience, with, I mean, I put it on all sites some years back and mm -hmm. then and it was quite easy to clear the cache, but again, you had to go to their interface to do that. And there, again, there are issues again if you're working on certain things. Their rocket accelerator, I can't remember what it's called. It's rocket something, um, does cause problems if you're working on a site. But I, it got vague. You know, there was a period I think with Cloudflare where they had a security issue and they had a down. That's the problem. If they have any downtime, which is very rare, of course, then you know it's beyond your control isn't it so it's going to affect your sites yeah and of course the other big problem is if if it is behind your credentials um if mm -hmm. you've got like 50 sites on your cloudflare account whatever mm -hmm. it may be and your client can't clear those caches and you are asleep and they desperately want something to be live and excuse me that that is the problem then, um, yeah. then it's a you know it, it, just another impediment to things working perfectly. Obviously, great when it's all working, and like you said, you know, um, amazing that it's so much for free and what a great service. But when when the client needs to log in, really, they're probably just going to be phoning you up or sending you an email asking you to clear things. So it's just another impediment. Whilst being brilliant, there's a there's an obstacle. <laughs> yeah. You've got a barrier yeah. causing a problem. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I haven't mentioned any of the paid services out there, but I did try Jetpack once, and of course, this is so many years back. I can't can't really say too much on it, but I did hit a problem very early on. I was just absolutely frustrated with it because I don't think there's any actual control to be able to <laughs> delete your cache on a kind of in the, you know, if you want one image to just go, you you, you don't get that kind of control on on it. So, um, right. and I found myself hitting a problem with it. So. Yeah, I'm sure it works perfectly for for most people, but I did, you know, I realized there was a bump I hit where I just needed to clear a particular image because it needed to change and it wasn't having it. That That is kind of the interesting thing about this subject is really it never gets spoken about in positive terms. You know, nobody's sort of <laughs> going into Facebook groups and talking about how 
wonderfully they've configured their caching. Everybody just sort of wants to talk about when it goes wrong because it's really <laughs> only at those moments where it becomes crystal clear how important it has been and how much it can mess things up for you. Yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm going back. Since I've gone to a simple thing, you know, one caching plugin focusing just on serving up those HTML, honestly, it very few issues. I've just had a a lifelong t- <laughs> period of trying to get the answer to this and um, and experimenting and just messing it up. Really, for most people starting with WordPress, if they've installed some heavy plugins, I mean, they could do without it in the first place, but if, if they've got some heavy plugins, getting a simple caching solution, it's probably going to be the end of it for them. It's going to do the job. Yeah, yeah. So, what is your... I mean, you you may have said it already, and forgive me for making you repeat something. But what's what's the solution you've you're happy with as of this time? Of, you know, we're in we're in late twenty twenty. What's what's David Wormsley's recommendation? David, yeah. Well, I've wandered back to um, um, WP Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a big fan of Breeze because it was a little bit like WP Rocket when that came out. Simple, you know, just few things to set up and you know it would solve the majority of your problems it would be fast um but just for me for some reason i don't know why it just didn't seem to be act i should have really talked to them it's my fault Mm. and because but it stopped um cutting out that time to first bite i kept noticing it so i just decided to go back to uh, wp rocket so i'm really kind of happy with it i know there's some you know, it's got more complex, so it's introduced some more issues, which I know people have found with it, but it's been working for me. When you say that you noticed that the time to first bite wasn't being improved, is this something that you you periodically go and check? Have you got some sort of automated thing going on checking this, or do you manually go out and check a few of your sites on a, on a I don't know, regular basis just to see how all that stuff's going? Because I think many people wouldn't be doing that. You know, they built the client site, put the caching on, uh, told the client that yeah. they occasionally need to clear it if they, you know, if they're running into any problems, and, and that's it. Maybe you don't come back to that and look at that side of things. But do you? Is that how you discovered the time to first bite wasn't, in fact, being affected yeah well it's only i mean partly it's down to the fact that i was until recently always on a very slow net so i would really experience these things um so just working on my own sites using the same solution as my clients and noticing it on mine going this seems slow this seems slow and then i checked it and go oh okay this, this is slow yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually slow yeah that's uh, what about my client sites oh yeah they are too so you know instead of actually you know talking to the people who made that one i just actually just swapped it out which i think is one of the nice things about caching plugins at least it's one of those things that you know if you're keeping it to the simple thing you can take it out and then just pop in another one and you're done aren't you so have you ever had any problems with removing um a plugin i mean not not so much the the cleaning up side of things where it deletes its its files and so on but a problem whereby you've uninstalled or deactivated a caching plugin and it's caused chaos have you ever had anything like that no 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 that's not been a problem no. i mean uh, some things you know some of them you probably need to check at least that it is when you've de- well not actually deactivated on most of them i think it at the point where you delete right. it then go and take your hd access file because most of them will be writing some other rules in there, um, often about browser caching, I think, as I mentioned. And if it hasn't cleared itself up, you've, you've installed your new one, but it's still obeying the rules of the old caching plugin. And right. I've, I've hit upon that. So, you know, I've uninstalled it and I'm thinking, eh, it seems to be yeah, something. Oh, I see. And the, 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 yeah. the declarations, the rules inside the HT access file, for some reason, didn't, didn't go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's got the priority of your HD access file, even though you've got rid of the plugin. So it's probably worth checking that. That's the only thing that I've, uh, you know, I've realized much later. Actually, that that could be quite an impediment to things working correctly. That's pretty important to check, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, Okay. Looking at the show notes again, you've, um, you've mentioned light speed as one of the final things. 
Yeah, I don't think, well, people are shout at us if we don't mention it because, you know, in terms of, you know, speed fans, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? But that's, that's its own privately owned server technology, isn't it, to rival the uh, publicly owned Apache. Mm. And with that, you know, the combination of their Lightspeed caching plugin, which also caches. So really Lightspeed is just their configuration of the server is supposed to be better than Apache, how it works, but that's all I know, really. Yeah, you've not had experience with it. I certainly haven't. Um, You haven't either, I'm taking it, no. Yeah, but I think it's almost, you know, something you can't argue with. I think their servers are quicker, but the, the key thing for WordPress is their LS cache for WordPress, and that installs that, and it's it's their own it's their own caching plugin. Yeah. That okay. Works well, with their server. In that case, yeah. we've we've done the we've done the right thing by mentioning it, but we've added absolutely no value by mentioning <laughs> it. But there you go. It's been mentioned. That's fine. And then, last but not least, is the is the newly emerging um, kind of flattening services. You know, things like Stratic and HardyPress yeah. and GetShifter, where everything is done inside a sort of virtual virtual machine. So your website is held in a virtual machine which it's spun up you interact with the website and then if you click save and it publishes all the changes and then that virtual machine goes away and all you've got is the flattened files which i i think is you know, can you imagine what's going on behind the scenes to make that work it must just be breathtakingly uh, difficult to pull that off but anyway it's been done these companies seem to work of course the the downside is you are literally serving up html files so there's just no you know, there's no possibility of having WooCommerce, or at least that's my current understanding. And things like forms are going to find it hard work because there's no PHP switched on on the back end to interact with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in my mind, how I see this, and I know it's much more complex than that, but I just see this as like, I know my caching plugin will store my HTML files in this folder on my server. This is like they've taken that folder and put it on their server to serve up. Right. But with their situation, you can only get that. You, you, it doesn't work and set off WordPress, which, of course, on your server, it always does. Even if you're being served up that HTML, mm. it's still processing WordPress. So that's how I kind of see it. The the ad, There is a sort of benefit in disguise with that setup as well as in that it's you it's really difficult to hack something which isn't there so really all you'd be hacking is flat html files uh, because there's not there's you know there's no server technology going on in the background and i think that's a that's a, a message which doesn't really get talked about quite as much it's mainly when people talk about these services they're talking about the speed but there is this security benefit like i said there's nothing there's nothing going on dynamically in the background in order to be hacked you can't inject some some random bit of php and make things happen on the server and take it over and start spraying out emails for your you know your latest bitcoin <laughs> venture because there's nothing switched on and so i think that's a nice little added benefit of course the, these services are much more costly um because they're a bit more niche and probably require a lot more manpower to keep to keep developing and keep maintaining uh, it, that is to say the companies need employees to develop this technology much more so than free open source software like Apache, which you can bong on just about anything. Um, so, yeah. but interesting, definitely interesting. And, and it seems to me like these companies are scooping up a growing proportion of the market. Yeah. Do you think it really is? Obviously, it's going to avoid those people who are going to look for security flaws in WordPress. It's going to get rid of those, but mm. surely any server with html could be hacked you could get find your way onto the server couldn't yeah, you? yeah i mean clearly there is a machine somewhere that's being told to serve up a flat html file but my understanding is that that's literally all that there is is html mm. files and presumably some sort of file server going on but i i don't really mm. know i just certainly know that the php is all switched off there's none of that going on and so that that side of things is taken care of but yeah you could be right there must be a computer on somewhere but i think you'd have to be far more ingenious than than the, yeah, the yeah. regular hack of wordpress which i think is you know if you know what you're doing i would imagine wordpress is uh is it's easy to find vulnerabilities in various plugins which are lying around and outdated software which obviously uh, in this yeah. situation is just switched off it's not there yeah 
It's, I mean, this is a topic for another time, but yeah. it's always, always a, it's a curious thing that I hear when I read a lot of reports saying something like 40% of, of, of hacks are to do with the hosting, the mm. servers. Mm. And you just think, okay, uh, but the, ones, the only ones I've ever known about are not. They're actually due to some issue with a plugin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who gathers so, these statistics and sends them out on, yeah. on our behalf. Yeah. Um, any sort of final conclusions? Have we? Do you think we've covered the topic? Is there anything that we missed along the way? No, I think it sounded like I probably made the whole thing sound more complicated than it is. Um, but I, I do think probably I made the point, didn't I? That I think, you know, for anybody who's just, for me, you know, just getting a simple caching plugin that does that, serving up the HTML is what, reduces the majority of speed and it can be just so simple can't it to mm. set that up mm. that um yeah yeah i think there's there's quite a lot of overthinking of this isn't there um and yeah like like as always settle on something learn it i guess deploy it and, and you know you don't need yeah. to be casting around forever and ever and ever i guess you know once in a while have another look but yeah interesting subject i hope we haven't um messed anything up too horrifically along the road if we have please let us know in the comments. That would be greatly appreciated. It's always nice to be told when you've said something stupid, <laughs> which uh, we do quite a lot. But uh, yeah, if that's if that's it, should we knock it on the head? Yeah, that's it for me, stupid David. Okay, and me, stupid Nathan. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Who knew there was so much to say about caching? As I said at the top of the show, this is not an area that I know a great deal about, but David's explored it a little bit more and so many different options, different plugins, different settings you could set up in your hosting environment and indeed hosting companies themselves. If you've got any comments about what we said, perhaps we said something in error or perhaps we missed something out, please head over to wpbuilds.com, find episode number 214. There's an archive in the main menu at the top and you could comment there or wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. Join in the conversation in the thread over there as well. Let us know what we did right and what we got wrong. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. You can use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress Block Editor. Check it out. Get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we shall be back next Thursday for a podcast episode. This time it will be an interview because we flip-flop between a chat with David and I and an interview. Also on Monday... 2 p.m. UK time, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash live or our Facebook group. And we do our This Week in WordPress live summation of the WordPress news. It's followed up a day later by a newsletter. But if you want to see it live and join in the conversation, we'd very much like to have you. OK, I hope that you have a nice week. Stay safe. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye bye for now. Bye.